Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Simon the Sorcerer. Ooh. But before we do, uh, we got some feedback. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Our buddy O'Brien's Retro and Vintage from over in Norway. Our buddy O'Brien's. Yes. Um, he has some news from the Amiga demo scene. Alright. And he said that uh, the two Amiga demo groups, Nucleus and Void, mm-hmm. are bringing back uh, the Amiga ch- demo chart. Okay, so I guess what this is, is this is kind of a, uh, you, there are a bunch of demos, and maybe you go and you vote on the best ones, and then you get like a, a billboard chart. Awesome. And so he says, a great idea. we've noticed there's not been any chart in the Vivid Amiga scene for many years. Once again, for the seventh time, with a small break of six years, Nucleus and Void proudly announces versus Issue 7 for Amiga OS 4, Amiga OCS, and Android. We need all people interested in the Amiga to help out by voting for their favorite demos. Um, so I'm going to put a, a link up to this in the blog. Uh, if you want to go on there and check out the demos and vote for your favorite <laughs> ones to compile this chart, uh, please do so. Oh boy, I can't wait to check those out. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the site is amigavoid.wordpress.com. All right. Awesome. Yeah, so thanks, O'Brien's, for sending that yes. in. Yes, demos are great. The Amiga demo scene... Awesome. Never died. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to remind everybody one more time about Amiga Ireland coming up January 21st over at the Prince of Wales Hotel in Ireland. Yes. Athloon, Ireland. Uh, And um, we'll, we'll... We'll bring this up again once it's closer, but this is kind of your last far away reminder. Yes. Um, that was it for the feedback this week. I think Adam Bradley posted a link to a um, a compilation of Amiga music uh, on Facebook, and it's supposedly the best two hours of Amiga music ever. I've, I've actually heard this. I was still at work. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you at work like Aaron and need some background tunes going on, uh, check that out. That's over on the Facebook page. It's funny. My partner at work wasn't as keen on it as I was. <laughs> you know, Odd. I, I, recall the, I recall the words, what the hell is this crap coming from his lips? <laughs> but it's a, you know, it's the kind of music that you're either into or you're not yeah so, you know. i've never met anybody that says they're only kind of into amiga music well just or really any you know eight or 16 yeah. bit music yeah and it's it's funny when you that music's weird it's it, different when because you it's, sit down and listen to it sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's just like what is this crap somebody dialing up on a modem and then all of a sudden it just clicks in you're like oh yeah there it is mm-hmm. you know so it's weird I mean, and sometimes it's an acquired taste i know people that are like i really wasn't the biggest but it's funny when it when the music was prevalent and that's it was everything mm. i was just like yeah it's okay it's pretty good you know so i thought so it was great but now you look back fondly i mean the c64 the musical king yeah. right and yeah. the amiga was far in a way, you know, I had more capabilities, but mm-hmm. the C64 had that beautiful, uh, you know, the beautiful that chip music, tune sound, chip yep. tune sound, mm-hmm. and the Atari had its, to yeah. be fair, yep. the I was chip. incredibly impressed with some of the Atari music I heard, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, 
it's it's fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. But hey, Amiga had some awesome tunes so, and some excellent people producing the music, yeah. which that's the key. Yeah. Uh, what noose hath ye? Noose? The noose is loose, yo. Um, <clears throat> busy week this week. Let me consult the news computer here. Um, for all our friends up in Canada, Canada, uh, World of Commodore 2016 has been announced for Saturday, uh, December 3rd through Sunday, December 4th to be held at the Admiral Inn in uh, North Sheridan Way, Mississauga, Ontario. Okay. Ontario. A, f- a far stretch from me and Boat. We don't get our, up to the Great White North too much, eh? I've never but been to the Great White it's North. A, it's a beauty. No, I, I, I was up there once, and uh, their donuts are expensive. Mm. I remember that particularly. Tim Hortons? Oh, of course. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Um, the uh, next little tidbit here, uh, Viva Amiga, which we've, you've talked about that uh, mm. several times, and they just released a trailer. Uh, pre-orders are beginning uh, on in December for the... Uh, for the uh, Viva Amiga, the story of the beautiful of a beautiful machine, which I love the title. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, so, pre-order. Uh, they're going to have an international release January sixth. Okay, so <coughs> should be good. Uh, I'm anxious to see it. This came up, and you know, I'm guess maybe, and you're going to make me look like a jerk on this, almost certainly. But I I hadn't seen it. Um, the Commodore Amiga book. A visual compendium, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked. We, I think we've talked. We've about talked this. about it. Uh, it's available now for sale, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've got it linked on the site. I actually had a chance to look at some of the pages of this book, and they look good. They look very good. So I think we when you talked about it, it hadn't been released yet. Had right, it, it right. was still in its formative years. Uh, it's at funstock.co.uk, which is a that's the site. They right? publish a lot of books. Yeah, and so uh, if you're in America. Uh, Be prepared to pay shipping. Well, I, I, I'm assuming they'll send, they'll ship here. They'll ship here, but uh, it it'll cost you. Yeah, much like uh, retro magazine, mm-hmm. every the damn thing. Uh, I there were I looked at three separate retro magazines. This, this isn't news, but I thought I'd talk about it. And there was, and they were all looked great. I wanted them all. There were there was a couple of the, the digest and in the magazine. But you're talking three magazines, sixty bucks, mm-hmm. sixty bucks, y'all. Yeah. Uh, just can't do it, man. I wish they had a distributor over here. Yeah, well, you just got to end up picking them up secondhand because people <coughs> buy them and then they, they put them up. They All do, the, yeah. Do you like that's had... where I bought the I got that Amiga Retro Gamer book for ten bucks. That's a good bargain. That's a real good bargain. I've never been that lucky. Um, they had a, uh, there was an interesting article on a on a site. This is the newest site for me. I've not seen it before. It was called uh, uh, Distrita dot com. You ever heard of it? No, that's right. They had a matchup, a spec matchup between the Amiga 3000, an Atari I've never heard of called the Atari TT-030. They said it was the last Atari before the Falcon series kicked in. Interesting. And the third computer in this throwdown, the Macintosh 2C1030, uh, they compare these three machines. And uh, it's a pretty interesting comparison. They've got the, the prices that they were originally released at, what they came with, what they were capable of. Mm-hmm. I found it fascinating. So it's, it's a good look. It's something you might want to have a look yeah, at. Yeah, I don't know too much about the 3000 at all. So <clears throat> um, Here's another one straight from uh, our good good and dear friends at IndieRetroGamer.com uh, who linked it off of a forum. 
I like I like going through a new retro gamer because a lot of these forums, a lot of the news that comes out of these little forums, there is no good way to portray it. And they mm-hmm. do a good job of. Um, a fellow has has produced a playable level of Super Mario on the Amiga. Uh, his goal was uh, initially was to make Super Mario for the Amiga. I watched the video for it. You can play it. If you die, it just drops the DAW, the CLI, just mm-hmm. drops. It says type this to start again, <laughs> uh, and uh, but uh, and I don't think it has sound, but uh, it looks pretty pretty darn good. It's surprisingly good. Like you think maybe this could work. I don't know if he's releasing the source, but that would be great yeah. <laughs> if he is. I think he's done with the project, and so I, I hopefully he'll decide that some, someone else will pick up the uh, the uh, reins. Um, sensible world of soccer. <coughs> Everyone's favorite, excuse me, uh, ha- has just updated. Uh, Sensible World of Soccer 16 slash 17. Uh, updates, uh, you know, accurate team data is entered, which you've got to have that. Fully working career mode. Uh, and uh, they did the Amiga and PC version and online playability. Interesting. Um, so if you're a Sensi fan, I'm actually going to have a look at this myself. Me too. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know that we've talked about it before. We, neither one of us are the world's biggest soccer fans, but there's something ooh. special about sensible soccer. Yes, fun game, mm-hmm. fun game. Um, one thing I, that we didn't mention, and I, I don't think I mentioned this last week, is uh, Heart of the Alien. Did we talk about that coming out? I mean, we may just scratched over. Do you, do you remember that game? It's that song on Fragile, right? Oh man, boat! It's amazing that you teach music. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was a, it was the sequel, the true sequel to uh, um, Out of this World, Out of this World, <laughs> or Another World, right? Uh, so this is b- between Flashback and Another Flashback world. is not a sequel, right? Right. So, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Um, the uh, Heart of the Alien, I, I think, was only released on the on the uh, Mega CD, mm. Sega CD, very limited. Someone ported the game to the the Amiga, hmm. and I've heard it's good. And this one, if you'll recall, in Another World or uh, Out of This World, uh, you have an alien guy named Buddy that runs around with you. In this game, you play the alien, and it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so if we didn't mention it a couple weeks ago, I don't think we did. I meant to. Uh, we'll throw that out there as well. Um, the... Uh, have we talked about the keycaps coming out? That that was a big thing I kept reading over and over this week. Yeah, they uh, uh, for the um, <coughs> this is the same outfit I think that did the Amiga case, the twelve hundred case, and now they kind of have the companion keycaps that you can order yeah. in a variety of shades. Uh, this is another Paul Kitching joint, uh, our buddy Paul that did our lovely graphic that you see behind you. Yes, Paul. Paul is very very good. Um, let's see. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, in terms of international Amiga news. Uh, turning to the New Zealand front, you want to touch Yeah, that? so uh, as you might have heard, New Zealand was hit with a uh, pretty crazy earthquake this past week. Um, and, and, of course, I immediately reached out to our, our buddy Gary Hucker, um, friend and contributor. And his and, stash. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I said, Gary, 
you know, how, how's it going? Are, are are all your amigas ruined? I just remembered seeing that stack. That was the first all your question. Amigas ruined. Um, oh, and how are you? I saw that stack of two thousands in one of his photos, and I could just picture just it all just toppling like a over. Wave. That would be. But luckily, Gary responded back, and he said him and his family are fine. Uh, I think he said his daughter had to be evacuated from where she was in the capital, but um, everything is cool. Of course, you know. Two people did die, so that's very sad. But yeah, we're glad that, that Gary is okay and his family's good. These earthquakes, so. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, and he said that really they weren't scared about the earthquake. They were scared of the tsunami that would follow it. Sure. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. So living in West Virginia, we don't have to worry about either of those things, and I'm grateful. Can't spell tsunami. Yeah. There's yeah. a P in there, right? <laughs> I think there's two. Um, so uh, Dreamcatcher wrote up a really good review of a game called Hardcore which was a game that was just consistently announced and canceled um, just over and over and over again. It's a really incredible story. That article is interestingly done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a kick out of it. Uh, so check that out. And then, Aaron, you've been busy on the Amigos Plays front this week. I did. I did put out... Um, what did I put out this week? I put out... Um, Huckleberry, Huckleberry Hound. Hound. Talk a little Hollywood bit about Cambridge. Huckleberry Hound. Well... Uh, again, and someone can tell me if this is correct because I couldn't find it. I'm assuming this was a budget title. Um, Huckleberry Hound is a platformer. Uh, it's a very bare platformer. For people who don't know who Huckleberry Hound is. Huckleberry Hound was a Hanna-Barbera character. Uh, I believe his debut was in 58. It was a cartoon. That's right. And uh, Blue. He's got a kind of a... Oh, how would you describe his draw? Maybe Mississippi meets Kansas City. I confuse him a lot with who was the El Cabong. That's how can you confuse him with him? Well, I feel like they're the same guy. No, they're nothing, nothing alike. Oh no, um, Huckleberry Hound is just like oh heck shucks, we all that kind of like I said, it's kind of a Kansas City meets Mississippi okay. Southern draw. What was his shtick? He just a just a guy just existing. Hanna Barbarius, Hanna Barbarius, like. Non-core lineup of characters. Their adventures were just like, "Hey, there's a, let's go mine for gold. There's a ghost. Let's go, uh, <laughs> let's go scuba dive. And oh, look, there's an octopus. You know, mm. and one of their characters was an octopus. Yeah. So they really, you know, they didn't have most of them didn't have a gimmick. They just kind of wander around and crap what happened to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not great. A lot of those old characters, oh, in my opinion, I was never. I was more of a Warner Brothers guy. Because those were always gold, funny, the Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and that gang. Uh, but Hanna Barbera had their moments. Mm-hmm. I liked some of their cartoons. Uh, but uh, um, and I go into this on the show and unfortunately ad nauseum on the the game was so boring. I talk about something. Uh, one thing about Huck is he jumps like a, he does a full three hundred sixty degree layout <laughs> when he jumps with a flip. He's very. They didn't animate a flip. They just, just flipped the guy around. <laughs> so that one's in the can. I, see, I, Archon 2, did I do that last mm-hmm. week? Or this yeah, week? you did Archon 2. Archon 2, great game that I love. I passionately love when I play a game of that. Uh, I can announce this week upcoming will be uh, Popeye 2. And we'll also uh, have um, probably, I think we'll probably do Top Cat to complete the Hanna-Barbera throwdown. <laughs> although Popeye was a... Not a Hanna Barbera character, but uh, what, is, what is Popeye? He was the something syndicate. Um, Wasn't that like Golden something? I can't remember. I thought my head. I love Popeye. The United arcades. Features Syndicate. Yes, that's, that's it. what it was. I love Popeye in the arcades, and this is different. You know, that was the question that I won um, 
Classic Gaming Jeopardy with it, the Classic Gaming Expo in 2003 in Vegas. What's I was that? a participant on that. What United Features Syndicate character made an appearance in a classic Nintendo video game? Yeah. Well, the, the rumor is that they wanted that the original Donkey Kong was going to be a Popeye game. Really? But they couldn't get the rights in time, so they hmm. had to wait and they got them later. Um, something else I'll be putting up, if I, I'm hoping, knock on wood, uh, as you know, uh, the my CD32 has developed an issue. So much like the Amiga 1200 last week, I took the Amiga CD32 in for surgery. And brother, this thing needs some surgery. Uh, it's got some bad stuff going down in there. And so this week I'm going to try to bring this thing back from the brink. Uh, and uh, But I've videotaped it. And uh, hopefully this will have a happy ending to my my little video, but it might have a bad ending depending on how <laughs> either how way it it'll be entertaining. Anywhere it goes, it's gonna be I'll be putting it up and uh you know, fingers crossed. But I mean it may help someone with something. Yeah. So I figured I'd go ahead and film the darn thing. Uh but the, so yeah, I'll be putting that up this week. Uh and heck, you never know. I've got I've got a lot of stuff that I want to play and now that I've got an easy way to record it, I'll probably there there may be a couple more, but probably three I'd say will be tops this week. You know, you inspired me to watch Life Olympics. From your, uh, I've got the whole run on the A channel. Ah, I just I went to the YouTube channel uh-huh. and watched it, and uh, yeah, you weren't kidding about some of that. Some of the animation is a little sparse in those in yeah. those cartoons. Yeah, they they recycle animation. You know, yeah. do you think that you're a big enough Hanna Barbera fan that you could identify every character on no, the Olympics? No, there, there there's some real obscure yeah. characters in there. You know, yeah. I mean, I know Snagglepuss and some of those guys, but I mean. There's some real obscure guys in there. And it, was know. Snagglepuss, was he modeled on a real person? Well, isn't there a person that talks like that? Like Rip Torn or somebody like that? He was modeled on someone, but I couldn't tell you who it was. I figured that's, that's, that's in, that should be in your <laughs> wheelhouse. Like, vaudevillians <laughs> from the 20s. Well, I'll be honest with you. Again, I was not the biggest Hanna-Barbera fan. Yeah. If you look at who's in those cartoons, the main characters, you've got your, uh, you've got your Scooby-Doo gang. Mm-hmm. You've got your... Captain, you've got your uh, Josie and the Pussycat gang. You've got your Cap, your Captain Caveman gang. Right. You've got your Speed Buggy gang. There's a lot right? of gangs. And you've got your, uh, then you've got your uh, uh, Blue Falcon and Wonder Dog mm-hmm. gang. You know. And then, but I mean, try to name all those bad guys. That's right. the hard thing. You know, they're they're really rotten. This team. There's I, like an octopus. <laughs> Uh, yeah. There's that the mumbly dog, yeah, that that guy. Yeah. Like, what's he from? Uh, he he's a guy that just showed up a lot back in the day. <laughs> yeah, you know the guy that curls his mustache. Yeah, uh, Snively Whiplash. whiplash. Uh, there's a bunch, but I mean, you've got some hillbillies in there. I don't know what <laughs> hillbilly is. chick is in there. Who is that broad? I don't know what. what you know, so I, I you know, being a hillbilly myself, I do not recognize her. <laughs> and we know them all. Maybe they've got games on the Amiga. I mean, budget titles for everyone in the Hanna-Barbera universe. When, one last thing. When back in, when I was younger, Kings Island, the local amusement park, had a Hanna-Barbera land. Yeah, yeah. And you saw all those weird characters all over the place. And even back then, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I don't know what that you is. still didn't know who they were. Yeah, no idea. All right. What are we talking about? Simon the Sorcerer. Simon the Sorcerer. So, Aaron, why don't you give us the rundown on Simon? Well, <coughs> Simon made his... Ceremonious debut in 1994. That's not true. 1994. Only me. The game's 1993, wasn't it? Or maybe did it come out earlier? 1994 is the AGA version. That's what really? I've got. That's a, I played the AGA. I shouldn't go into this. I guess uh, I played the AGA version 
uh, for my CD32 is down. I actually have this game on for the CD32, mm-hmm. but it's down, uh, which is a real bummer. And the version of this I've got is in PAL, and I had I could not find an NTSC version, so it was very hampering to say the least. Um, the uh, I could not find any significant data that would tell me which system this originated on. Did you? Did you? Could you find any? Well, the my I played the AGA <laughs> version, but I thought all the copyrights on my version were from 1993. No, no, that's what I've got written up. The uh, uh, the game was released. I, I, something else I always thought was that. I didn't think this got a release on anything but the uh, Amiga, the first one. Wrong. It was so very wrong. It was on the PC mm-hmm. and the Acorn Archimedes. Oh. Who to thunk it, right? One uh, day. One day it'll be mine. Uh, this thing, uh, it, this is your classic point-and-click adventure. Um, this particular one was designed by a fellow where the, the character was come up with and the design was my guy named Simon Woodrolf. Right. So do you think he was the eponymous Simon? I would assume he named it after himself. Now, we've covered a, uh, one of this guy's games already. He was behind Elvira 2 and Waxworks, which we didn't do Waxworks. We talked about it. Which is it's sort kind of, of a spiritual sequel, right? <coughs> That's right. A lot of people in the... Uh, this game was put out by an outfit called uh, Adventure Soft. Um the uh, a lot of the people there at Adventuresoft worked on uh, Elvira Two and Waxworks, okay, and some worked on an earlier game that they'd done called Personal Nightmare, which I kind of like that. Um, this had, they had a pretty big team that worked on this. Of course, if you look at the graphics on this, that as lush as they are, you would take quite a team of artists to mm-hmm. sit down. and draw the stuff out. There's a lot of tune. You know, there's a lot of uh, sound in it. Now. I don't know how you did it. This is something we should discuss right away. When you start the game, there's a very clever introduction, right? Simon walks out with his, uh, a table with a comes hat out on with his hat on mm-hmm. it, and, his, and he pulls his dog out of it, and as he he magically creates the credits. It's very, it gives you a good insight on what's coming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Plays a little song. Mm-hmm. In the version I played, the AGA version, that song never stopped. It just played continually over and over really no matter where you went in the world it never it, as long as i played it and the song never stopped so what i ended up having to do thankfully there's a shortcut to turn off the song mm. but that was driving me absolutely i crazy. think that might that might have been an error in your version somehow because i got i got tons of, like whenever i go to a new area mm-hmm. i'd get new and i know i'm playing the aj version because there's no voiceover yeah i i didn't have voiceovers on my end mm-hmm. uh so so i can't speak uh, of, on the AGA version of the of the score, you know. Oh, I, I, you I, I I'm a huge fan of the music. Some of the music <laughs> is a little bit odd, but it's all decent mm-hmm. and it's varied. You know, the biggest sin that you can commit whenever you make uh, an adventure game is just have like you like you just described one tune that plays over yes. and over and over again. It was quite mad. Whenever you go into a new zone like the forest or the village or wherever. Uh, you get a different tune, and sometimes there's two or three tunes per zone. So, um, for example, when you are in the village and you pass by the guy selling the figurines on the mat, uh, you get sort of a, it sounds like a minor key version of If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. Mm. So um, That may be why I didn't hear the music change, because I turned off before I left the zone. Mm. So that might be what it is. So mm-hmm. that's how it works. 
Uh, it's funny, the the, musician, the the people credited with doing the music on this was an outfit called Media Sorcery. And you don't often hear about like a um, <laughs> sort of like a, a team, a named team that does music. Usually music is an individual thing. You might have the graphics by a team or something like that, but not the music. I tried to look up what this outfit was. They Their only credit on, on uh, Limited Media was this. Mm. I tried to look them up. I could not find any who was in it. Maybe it was this team that did it. I don't know. I don't have any. Did you hear anything about no. that particular outfit? Um, so, do you want to explain how the game works? Sure. You'd probably be able to explain it better than me. So, Simon the Sorcerer is a point-and-click adventure game in the grand tradition of the LucasArts Monkey Island games. Um, it is more advanced than, um, than Maniac Mansion, which was the original scum uh, type adventure game. This is, this is right up there with... A game like Monkey Island, probably three. Yeah, it, it was um, a little more advanced than the, at least the first yeah. Monkey Island. Yeah. Um, you have an inventory and your commands on the same screen, which is very handy. Um, the uh, the characters are big and colorful. Uh, little things are animated that aren't normally animated in, in point-and-click adventure games. The the shadows and the way that you see the firelight on walls, the way it's reflected off surfaces is beautiful. Um, but beyond that, it is your standard trope uh, adventure game where you talk to somebody, you click on everything in an environment, you pick up everything you can, you're trying to combine items to make new items, or take items that you have in your inventory and use them in a special way at just the right time to trigger the next event to occur. <clears throat> right. Um, these games are usually made and broken by the interface, right? The uh, the way it looks, which is often a, a you know a big part. But when I mean that, I mean the way you interact with the backgrounds mm -hmm. and whatnot. Because if you've got to have this pixels on perfect pointing. It can make these things a real chore. Right. And then a lot of it is just how well it's written. Mm -hmm. I'd say those are the three big things, right? Mm -hmm. So how, where do you think this falls? Well, I can tell you what I liked about it. Right. Um, I thought the writing was very clever. Um, it's a little bit corny. It's a little bit British. But, it's a lot British. Yeah. That's unfair. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, um, it's cute. You don't expect a, um, you know, you don't expect... A real you don't expect any video game to really make you fall out of your chair laughing. I mean, that's not what it's there for. It's there to provide a little bit of humor to make you chuckle as you're going through dialogue and stuff like that. This game delivers on that. Absolutely. I'd put the writing on this game right up there <laughs> with any other adventure game. It, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I got a, a certain ways in this game this week. And I thought, well, I will watch some somebody go through it on, on, uh, on YouTube. So I can see how it goes down, and I, I didn't plan on watching three hours of video, or I'll skip ahead for an hour or so. And I, I and, it, and I watched the CD version and with the dialogue that was you know that had actually recorded dialogue, mm -hmm. and it was so entertaining that I watched the whole damn thing. Hmm. I really thought it was very clever. Yeah, I mean you're right; it was some cheesiness, but I think it was for the sake of being cheesy. Oh sure, <clears throat> yeah, and they they throw in I mean like. Every adventure game, kind of high fantasy adventure game, just blatantly steals from Tolkien. But this game, you know, they go all in, and they, you know, there's Gollum there, and he's there meeting with the Tolkien Appreciation Society, and uh, it's 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 good stuff. It really is. The second thing that you talked about is um, having the environments, being able to interact with the environments. One of the things that 
you know, these mouse-driven games really do well is when you, you know, you're moving your mouse across the screen. If you hover over something, <laughs> then, you know, you'll see what you're doing. And a lot of times you need that because the object that you're trying to find will be very, very small. It reminds me of the bit where he's in the bar and those guys are at that table and, and he goes, are you guys the wizards? And they're like, no, we're not wizards. He goes, when I put the mouse over your name, it says wizard. <laughs> so, which, the, the, uh, Simon breaks the, was it, the fourth, the fourth wall, wall quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. He's a, he's a young wizard death, uh, Deadpool, basically. He's always <laughs> talking to the camera, mugging, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> but you're right. That's helpful. As far as an old school interface, right, for I have seen better point and click interfaces, some, 15 years later mm-hmm. or whatever. It's as smooth as I've seen. Yeah. it uh, It's identifying things isn't that difficult. Mm-hmm. It's very colorful. The uh, uh, It's very straightforward. The inventory doesn't bog you down, Mm-mm. which is another thing that I can't stand. Uh, having uh, six slots yeah. or any of this crap it, yeah. that, that drives me absolutely and crazy. the way that they the way that they shoehorn this into the story is clever too because you know uh, Simon just puts everything into his, his hat and, his and magic then he pulls hat, it out including yeah. dogs mm, and everything pigs, pigs. And, um, <clears throat> the uh, the game is uh, very smooth I mean let's face facts if you strip away the beautiful graphics and presumably the good music and you go right down to what you're doing. It is a very ordinary point-and-click adventure. Mm-hmm. Go fetch this, use it here. Mm-hmm. Go get this, this guy wants you to get that. Go get the staff, bring it to these guys. To go get the you know the g- weird grass off the top of the skull. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is Now, there are some puzzles that are clever. Uh, I, I will say at the end, especially, there were a couple of things I thought were very clever. So I'm not saying it's not clever. I'm just saying... It's your stand. I mean, these things really don't change that much, do they? You've put no. a lot more than me, but it's a standard sort of deal. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're expecting, I don't know what you would expect. There's no this. rubber chicken with a pulley in it. Yeah, but I mean, it, I don't think it's I don't think it's overly difficult or deceptive. Did you? The only the only times where it really is is where it's not immediately apparent where you can travel to on the screen. For example, there's one place. Normally, the paths are very easily marked like when you're in the forest you see it jut out to the right to the top right but there are some instances where you have the like you hover the mouse and it says vines when you click on the vines you'll walk over to it and then you'll climb down the vines but it's that is really the infuriating part with these games is when they don't they don't make it clear where you need to go next i mean you really have to scope out the the screen uh like a maniac Mm -hmm. you know again it's not by no means is it the worst i've seen some that were hit, it was pixel accurate. You had yeah. you know, severe, and that, those are infuriating. Yeah, uh, but uh, this thing does it does a good job uh, of giving you a pretty clear path. I agree. I mean, there was a couple of times. I mean, early on in the game, the very first place I went, which was the uh, which was the uh, Calypso's house at mm-hmm. the very beginning, I uh, I was like, "What am I supposed to do here?" I came out and and I didn't realize you could go around back. I didn't realize you. Could, I was like, "Oh, so you're learning the game," because mm-hmm. this is a game I had not played uh, in my younger days. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I heard of it, but again, it wasn't necessarily my bag. I enjoyed it though. On like I said, the humor kept me going. I will say, <clears throat> having played the AGA version and seen the CD32 version, the CD32 version is a must. The voice acting uh, it makes it a lot better, uh, in my opinion. The uh, uh, the guy that they have doing the voice is a guy named um, 
uh, Chris Barry, and he was in a show, a pretty famous science fiction show called Red Dwarf. I believe he played a character called Rimmer or something like that. I think it's been a long time since I saw that show, but I know it's really popular. Now I know a different guy uh, played him in the sequels, uh, but this was the original guy. But the, the dialogue is <laughs> it's so good. It's that's what really drew me in when I was watching. I was like, just the the these are some top shelf voice actors that they got to do it, and they're very British mm-hmm. again, and so that. It adds an air of amusement to me. I don't know what it is about it, but I mean, like the guy playing the the, the bad guy has a great voice. He's another one I really like, uh, and uh, it, it all it works very well off CD. And someone's going to ask you on my when I watched when I played my version, it started out with the credits would roll, and then it showed those the orc looking guys. They were doing some, they were doing their thing, and then they opened up a portal, and your guy just fell out. Mm-hmm. Is that how yours yeah. started? In the CD32 version, there's an extended opening mm. where Simon is in his room just chilling out oh. and and goes through the portal. And it made more sense, mm-hmm. actually, because he's just some guy. And, right. and the ending's great, dude. I'm not going to ruin it in case somebody hears this and they want to go play it. But uh, this would be an excellent game to play through to the end because it really is entertaining. Uh, I had a look at the DOS version of this, and... Uh, uh, it looked okay, you know. I couldn't see, my, and I didn't. I didn't. It's funny. I didn't get a chance to look at the Archimedes version, uh, but uh, I'm not sure I've looked at the Archimedes version of anything. <laughs> so we're gonna we should start. We need we need to start doing that. Um, the uh, this game had a lot of sequels. In fact, they're sort of still in development. There was uh, uh, Simon the Sorcerer Two, The Lion, The Wizard, and The Wardrobe, which that's obviously a Narnia reference. Which Narnia is another one that's kind of Present exactly. in there, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, this is one we've got to try. Simon the Sorcerer Pinball. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Uh, Simon the Sorcerer Puzzle Pack. Now, this I've heard is god-awful. Simon the Sorcerer 3D. Well, as we've talked about many times, anytime you put 3D in the title of a game, it's yeah. guaranteed to be awful. Uh, Simon the Sorcerer 4, Chaos Happens. <laughs> Simon the Sorcerer 5, Who'd Even Want Contact? I don't know what that means. I admit, it... And then there's one currently... Maybe in development. <laughs> that was on a Kickstarter called Sound the Star Sorcerer 6 Between Worlds. Mm. Apparently, the production of this one is up in the air. And I read a bunch of places that the all these games are still available for sale. So if you want to be a good person uh, and uh, support this fellow, uh, these fellows, you could uh, go out and buy all these, probably new in box, presumably. And I'm sure that, um, you know, these days, the Humble Bundles and stuff like that, I bet if you wait around long enough, Simon the Sorcerer Ultimate Pack will appear. You're probably right. I didn't check Steam, but mm-hmm. I, you're probably you're probably on to something. It probably is is on there. So now you've played. Name off some of the your favorite of these point and click games over the years. Oh, I, you've played so many. Probably more uh, Monkey Island Two <laughs> is great. Um, I really liked, um, of course, Maniac Mansion, um, Leisure Suit Larry. Um, which that's not really a point and click adventure though, because that's pre mouse. As far as point and click adventures go, I think they redid it. I remember Leisure Suit Larry VGA. I think they had updated. Did they it put it in there? Of course, okay. you know how those games were. They updated them quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but my favorites probably probably the Lucas Arts. Like the, you, you mentioned the Dig. I really like the Dig. Um, Wasn't there one that was musically based? I seen your Loom. 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 That's another one I looked mm-hmm. at. Yeah. 
And I like I, 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 full full, full throttle. throttle was the one I, I played. Uh, um, but my some of my favorite ones um, that are these are recent. But uh, you know I'm a big Homestar Runner guy and the Strong Bad Cool Game for Attractive People by Telltale uh, is a point click adventure game. I actually like the new Monkey Island games too that Telltale did. Did you ever look check those out? I did not. It's been I haven't played Monkey Island for many a moon. Mm. Yeah, the, of course you know now. Um, you can get them super, super cheap, uh, and they're produced just like the Walking Dead games, where it's like a seasonal thing. Yeah, you get the I, whole yeah. pack. I've heard people and, talk about and all those. that stuff. Yeah, I remember playing a game uh, on the Amiga that was a eventually called called the uh, uh, I think it was called Uninvited. Uh, was and it was a really interesting interface because you would have like you would open, but it was almost like playing a Windows game on the desktop. You would have, you would see like a code, and you would just literally take your mouse and drag it into your inventory window. And it oh, like a, you know. Um, there were a couple of those. Those guys made a couple of those, and I think Uninvited even got ported to one of the. Uh, I want to say that it. Yeah, it was on this Nintendo, regular Nintendo. I think could be. Yeah. Uh, so, I, which I always thought that was a really neat interface where you could just literally drag stuff right out of the picture. Didn't you know? Elvira do that too? Not like this. It wasn't like the, that actually. Elvira, I mean, this was a very unslick looking interface, mm-hmm. but it, I, it worked. It was a neat interface. So. Most of the adventures I played were the were text graphics combinations. I played a lot of those too. Stuff I know most of it was on the Coco, mm-hmm. you know. Dallas. Dallas was one. Trek Boer was one. Sands of Egypt. We got to have a special. Uh, oh yeah, text They're, adventure Coco episode. We'll, we'll call up the Coco crew and get them a, <laughs> do a do a crossover. Um, as I mentioned, Simon the Sorcerer Six is uh, uh, on February tenth. Uh, Story Beast, who are now running the show for the Simon Crew, uh, announced on their website that after two years of work, the plan, uh, the, the Kickstarter campaign and the game development had been halted indefinitely due to unforeseen events. Uh oh. Now that was just this year. I don't know. That's all I could find out about it. Uh, the uh, so I hope it comes back. You know, I mean, people seem to well, like the game. Yeah, and the thing with with Kickstarters, <laughs> they come and they go. Sometimes things are brought back in a slightly different way. And yeah, you're probably yeah, you're right. Um, just a quick note on Adventure Soft, since they're the one that put this thing out, just because I'd mentioned it since it was a UK outfit. Headquartered in Sutton Coldfield, England. You ever heard of that? Sutton Coldfield. Sutton Coldfield. Never, never heard of it. Uh, um, <laughs> they Apparently they were like, they had several different publishing names because uh, they published the game. They mean, I, I, there are, I saw another publisher listed a couple places. I was like, Bitter soft, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure how that worked, and I tried to figure it out. I, some places listed a di- separate publisher, and a lot of places listed Adventure Soft as publishing their own stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know which it is. Uh, but they also were known as Horror Soft, Adventure Soft, Head, head First Productions. I was uh, going to say that this remind didn't you said they did the Elvira game too, right? Elvira two yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they did. I remember Horror Soft. Didn't it? Wasn't that a Fright Night wasn't that a horror soft title? Oh boy, I don't know. I don't think. I, I don't think so. I don't. Well, I don't know. I didn't look up all the links okay. for horror soft. I will say the reason I mentioned this is uh, was that uh, if you look, if you go down there, uh, Arnold Rimmer, that was his name, the guy mm-hmm. in Red Dwarf. Um, in '98, Mike and Simon Woodruff, they're the guys that started Bitch Soft. Of course, Simon's the guy that made this game or headed it. They set up a, an outfit called Head First Productions. And uh, the company went defunct, of course, and they released Simon the Sorcerer 3D, which that was. A, but here's the thing I wanted to mention: they released one of my favorite games, Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth. 
which is a great game. Is that Amiga? No, that's oh, okay. a, that's 2006. Oh, okay. it was an Xbox game. It was tremendous. I recommend the hell out of that. You should uh, fire that up on a special Amigos place. Oh gosh, it's very scary too. I'm a big I'm a big HP Lovecraft fan, and so yeah, it's great. Um, so, uh, but they're all gone now. Effectively, that that place has been long gone. Uh, so, my final thoughts on it. <coughs> it's the kind of game I like in terms of the way that it was produced. They had a uh, they had a good writing team. They they got the best artists, the best. This has the best graphics probably the Amiga has seen of that. I mean, they, I mean, I think it's just it's just beautiful. Every screen, lush. They took attention to detail. It's not just a static background, like Boat pointed out when we were playing the uh, uh, on the uh, Amiga plays. Uh, the uh, when a, there's a fire in your room, it'll glisten off the, the back of you know something that's metal or whatever. There'll be bugs crawling over stuff. There'll be butterflies flying across the screen. Mm-hmm. The water looks nice. You can see little bits of fish. You can see guys slightly moving. There's a guy that's out cold in the bar, and you can see him just occasionally like that. <laughs> you know, the people look real. I mean, they look like they're actually doing something. They're not, but that they the illusion is good. Uh, the uh, the wizard moves very amusingly. <coughs> I love the dog. The dog looks great. So if you take all that beautiful art, combine it with the t- attention to detail, have the brilliant story, you've got something. Now there are some things I don't like about it. The mostly just because I'm an impatient jerk. I wish that sucker could get across the screen quicker. It's that seems to be the Achilles heel on a the lot big of these complaint, things. Yeah. You know, um, so I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Uh, or some shortcuts. I mean, they do make it easier to get around with the map. The map thank is, God. yeah. I mean, that's really something that you hardly ever saw in yeah, games like that. That you helps know. so much. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, so that there's that. Again, I personally like it better with the with the voice. What 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 are your parting thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's hard for me to go back and play <laughs> games like this anymore, just because they the, they just take a lot. There's so much trial and error involved, and you really got to set aside a huge amount of free time. To Although make this one's progress. not the worst on trial and error. Like, this, I would, how would you rate this on a, a difficulty scale, given how far you got? Well, this this adopts the LucasArts style of mm-hmm. um, of adventure gaming, which means that you you can you're free to try anything. You can't really die. It's different than King's Quest, where if you do do something wrong with an item, you've got to restore because you're screwed. Yeah, um, which always drove me nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you're just playing this through regularly, I mean. I had the walkthrough in front of me, and it's still. I played for an, an hour and ten minutes, and I only got you know two pages through the six page walkthrough. Mm-hmm. So, um, but if I was you know in a situation where I had a lot of time on my hands and I wanted to play something really you know funny, humorous for a video game, you you can't really go wrong with Simon. Yeah, and that's something I'm not usually into the kind of funny stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it has, hard to do it's funny. Very, it's often not funny. Right, right. I mean, like, Maniac Mansion was funny, mm-hmm. but it was goofy. Yeah. This, is, this actually, is actually funny. Right. I mean, it's. I, I can't think of anything funnier that we've played. No. You know? I, I'm, I, I can't even think. I mean, except for those <laughs> modern Telltale games, I can't think of anything that's as funny as Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah. It's it's awful good. Mm-hmm. And, and now I've heard, I have read that this was the high watermark of the series. I heard the second one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard it's kind of, you know, went down. Simon the Sorcerer, well, when the third game's a pinball game, you know you're in trouble. Well, I mean, that's when you're capitalizing, yeah. right? You know, so. But, uh, hey, you know, somewhere down the line, maybe we'll have a look at the sequel. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was a pleasant surprise for me. 
this is out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in uh, without any notes and played it long enough to get halfway. I, I, I'd gotten farther than where you were before I before I just said to hell with this. Mm-hmm. I'll take a break. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I like I liked everything about it. Really, there wasn't very little I didn't like. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a lot of load times. Uh, if you had the old uh, disc version, well, you, you do you know how many discs? Did you talk about how many discs it shipped? I don't with? know. How, I didn't. I didn't write this it down. game shipped on nine discs. Yeah, I knew it was. All, I think I may own the discs. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I should look at my collection because I, I think it's one of the ones I've got. I know I've got the CD version. Um, eBay. Before I forget. Oh, and did you do reviews on this one? Oh, I did. I did. I did those as well. So, review-wise, guess what? It reviewed well. Uh, mostly nine, between 80 and 90 across the board. A couple of dipsticks in there uh, that went like <laughs> Amiga Power must must have gotten pissed off because they gave it a 57. Wow. Which I don't know how you can do that. I mean, they're really, that's the anomaly of mm-hmm. these scores. Um, <coughs> one of the things I was going to point out, I could not find a NTSC version of this game. And I looked. Um so I had to play it real weird. I, you know, it was a real pain. Uh, the uh, so if anyone knows that, that it was released, if there was an NTS version released for the Amiga, I'd like to know. I could not find out if there was. I I think there was a C, the CD32 version of NTSC. I'm pretty sure of that, but I'm not sure about the other one. Um, eBay, none in the U.S. and none has been sold recently in the U.S. I mean, as long as they've kept records of it. Uh, if you're in the U.K. You're in good shape. Uh, Twenty to forty bucks, you can get a box copy, uh, and there are also plenty of people selling just the loose discs, so and there's CDs as well. So, forty bucks, real high end on this. You could probably get it a little bit cheaper than that. Cool, not bad. All right. Well, before we wrap this thing up, let's uh, go ahead and thank our Patreon uh, sponsors. We got Jason Warns, uh, Graham Vebke, R- Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo. Oh, Bjorn Barman. Sounds like a dwarf. Yeah, uh, that's what it. he told me when he said, when you say my name, make it sound like a dwarf. I love it. I'm going to use you as my next D&D character. <laughs> Tapes from the crypt. Adam Bradley. Chris Foles. <laughs> Will Williams. Daniel Bengston. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Chad Halstead. And happy birthday, Brent Dowdy. So, Aaron... Oh, and if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we'd sure appreciate it. You can check out our page at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Vote will dance for change. I'll dance. Or he will da- we will be paid to stop dancing. <laughs> That's more likely. Uh, next week, Aaron has an awesome idea for a game. Tell us about it, Aaron. I've been talking to Dream Catcher, my good and dear friend. Gangster from Manchester. Yes, sir. And uh, he has been working on a little something about an outfit. And one of the games they did was on the Amiga. It was called Fighting Spirit. It was one of the more well-received fighting games. It was late in the, in the game. And so we're going to give that one a whirl. We haven't done a fighting game for a while. And so I'm going to put the boots to boat next week. And then in the following week, I'm going to do some Amigo plays on this company's other offerings. Uh, I've already got one, Raid Rock and Roll. They did a, uh, which, which I actually have known. It was a PC release. Didn't have it come out on the Amiga. But it was called "Pray for Death," Ooh. and it is quite any, any. I got like I told the Ketcha, any game that will allow you to play as Cthulhu, I'm on board. <laughs> and he's a playable character. Really, yes, Cthulhu is a playable Absolutely. character. Wow! So uh, and named Cthulhu. It's not like he looks like mm-hmm. it's him. Also has some of the best box art in history. So we'll be doing that, and then I will do the the third game. 
which I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, real obscure, but I'm, I'll dig it up, folks. And so that'll be that next week will be crazy fighting game week uh, for for the Amiga. So we should have a good time with this. We haven't done a fighting game since. Gosh, I mean, a full episode was it Body Blows? Yeah, we done that was a long time ago. Have we too. done any fighting games aside from Body Blows as a full episode? No, we just done some Amigos plays. That's it. And I love fighting games. I like them too. So this is definitely something that we've overlooked. So next week, come back with some hard hitting fighting action. All right, we'll see you then. Until next time, adios. adios.